This podcast is a love letter to my VAs, OBMs, and PMs out there. I see you. You started your business for the freedom. You started your business for your family. You started your business for a million other reasons that only you know. But you're stuck. And you're struggling. Well, no more. Get ready to move. Get ready to grow and learn together. We're here to work through the tech, work through the growing pains, and work towards a business that you can fall in love with over and over again. See that woman over there who's running it like a boss? Let's go ask her how she did that. Welcome to episode 28 of the How She Did That podcast. My guest today is Esther Inman. Esther is a full-time digital nomad currently living with her eight-year-old son and veteran husband in Bali, Indonesia. She runs a six-figure agency with a team of eight virtual workers and provides online training programs, helping other women launch their virtual work life too. Today, Esther is going to share her journey to life abroad, as well as some tips for those who are ready to pack everything up and take it on the road. So let's go ask Esther how she became a digital nomad. Thank you so much for being here, Esther. I appreciate you, and I'm so excited to talk to you today. Yeah, me too. It's going to be so fun. Thank you. So can you tell our audience a little bit about you? Sure. So my name is Esther, as it said, Um, (laughs) and I'm actually coming to you from Bali, Indonesia. We've been based here for about two years. I've worked online for six years. I think we're getting close to seven. Um, And we started traveling about two and a half years ago um, when my husband got out of the military. So I ran my own online course creation agency and building funnels and stuff like that. Um, And then I started teaching women how to be virtual assistants because I was like, all these people are doing online courses. I should do my own online course. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) When I did it for clients in the first couple of years. So then I started helping um, women become virtual assistants. And then now I'm helping them to scale into agencies as well. And I've been doing that for the last four years and I've helped almost 300 women. Wow, that's amazing. That's so cool. I'll have to have you back on because we get a lot of questions about agencies. So I would love to have you on specifically for that too. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about the first time you and your husband decided to take you, you and your business and your family and all that stuff on the road. What was that like? It's actually a really ugly story. Oh, no. (laughs) Fine. I think it's important to tell it because I think a lot of people glamorize this travel lifestyle and Mm -hmm. like I sold everything and packed it up and then I just bought a one-way plane ticket and I went and that might be some people's stories, but there's also a lot of us that ended up having to be a digital no matter travel kind of because we went through a trauma Mm -hmm. Um, and it was a new, it was a way to heal because traveling is very healing. Yeah. Um, And so that's kind of what happened to me. Um, My husband got out of the military and when he was done, he actually had a traumatic brain injury, several of them, and it led to a complete psychotic breakdown. So he totally went like off his rocker. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was going on for several months and we were trying to get him help, trying to get him help, but they couldn't get the medications right. And so they were conflicting and he was just having these crazy episodes and it was really scary. So my son and I ended up having to leave. Mm -hmm. Okay. First of all, our whole life fell apart. My husband couldn't right. work and my, I was working, but I couldn't work as much as we needed to 
he lived in San Diego, one of the most expensive wow, places. Wow, yeah. <laughs> Super expensive. So, like, getting rid of his entire income, even though my business was making money, it right. wasn't enough to like sustain a three-bedroom house and our two cars and our dogs. And, yeah. So we ended up having to, literally to sell everything and put, um, we'd sell everything out of our home and I, my car got repossessed and we moved into a one-bedroom apartment with two Great Danes and a child oh because- like that was what was happening. My husband was in and out of the hospital. It was awful. So that was what was going on. And then finally, um, the doctors basically said like, it's not really safe for you to be there anymore. You guys need to go. So my son and I left, I got an Uber, <laughs> I didn't have a car. Um, and we went and stayed with some friends for a few months, um, and some family. We started traveling a little bit during that time because I was like, I don't have my husband anymore because he was the one who was tying me down, right? Because he was in the military. So we kind of had to stay. We would travel during my son's off times of school. So him and I would just like go for three months and just go travel. But um, I couldn't really do it full time. So I was like, well, I think this is kind of our opportunity. So we kind of just like dipped our toe in it a little bit at the beginning. And then I got an opportunity to come to Bali. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And my husband was actually really supportive mm -hmm. um, because he knew that it was his issues right. and he's like, I'm so thankful that you're taking our son and like that you're going to show him the world. And so he was really supportive and he also secretly wanted to win me back, which spoiler alert happened. We're like, Oh, yay. <laughs> he's much better now. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so that's how we started our adventures traveling and it was a horrible, horrible, horrible time. I have to say like, mm -hmm. it was awful. Um, but I just kept trusting I'm a spiritual person. I kept trusting God that I was on the right path mm -hmm. and I just kept taking steps forward and I didn't know where, I didn't know they were going to lead to Bali. I didn't know where they were going to lead, um, but I just knew that I had to keep going. I couldn't give up. And I ended up like, that was the first time my business had, had a 10K month. I ended up that I relaunched all my programs and was feeling I'm like crazy. Um, and so it ended up being this incredibly amazing experience, but it was an ugly journey to get there. <laughs> That's amazing. That's so amazing and incredible. And like, I'm sure when you look back on where you were back then to where you are now, like night and day difference, right? <laughs> oh yeah. I was living on a, in a pay by the week studio with no car. So I yeah. walked everywhere or took Uber with my son and we moved to Maine just to like, it was cheaper. I had family nearby and like stay there for a while. So my son and I were sick all winter long, both of us, we weren't mm -hmm. used to the weather. Yeah. It was like I was suicidal myself because I was like, I can't do this. I cried every night. It was terrible. And so I really, but I like just didn't give up. Like I just kept getting up and working every day. <laughs> wow. And that's amazing. <laughs> so now you're in Bali and doing much better. Yes. <laughs> much happier and everything. So tell us like when, when you decided Bali was going to be the place that you guys were going to be for a while. What was that decision like? Was it because of the opportunity that you got or was that a little bit more strategic in how you decided that Bali was going to be where you were? So it's a really awesome place. And I kind of knew that I had in my head that oh, Bali, they have a big growing entrepreneur community. If me and Ben want to travel and I know they're very family friendly. Mm -hmm. I was like, if me and Ben travel, I feel like that'd be a really great place to base because Asia's significantly cheaper so I could live on just my income I knew Bali was very safe and like I said family friendly so I was like this could be a really good spot and I knew the entrepreneur community was just like booming like crazy um so I kind of had that in my head but what happened was there was a job posting it was not a job job it was a short-term contract position um helping to mentor at digital marketing and social media retreats here with a company called Institute of Code. Wow. And so I ended up doing five retreats with them and I just did it like part-time while I still ran my own business. Mm -hmm. Um, I was a mom, 
crazy time. Um, <laughs> it was crazy awesome though. And they had a house and we all lived together and it was awesome. And it was my, the way that I was able to kind of transition and we loved it. So we stayed and we kind of use it as our base to travel mm-hmm. the world. So we go to America twice a year and then we'll travel around Asia. We're going to Singapore in a few weeks. We just, whatever we want, but it's nice to have a base here. Right. It's much cheaper to live and it's much closer to a lot of places. Right. So, yeah, and I was going to ask about that, about the cost of living and maybe some other considerations when people are deciding like where they want to have their home base or where the first place that they want to travel and visit as a digital nomad is. Yeah, so there's a couple of different hubs. And I think that if you're just brand new and starting, it's great to start there because you'll just kind of get a feel for how to do this because there is some nuances to it. Mm-hmm. So the hubs are Chiang Mai in Thailand, um, Chiang Gu here in Bali, Indonesia. Um, there's a hub in Medellin, Colombia. Um, and then I think there's another hub in a couple more places, but those are kind of the three big ones. So there's a growing one in um, Estonia as well. Um, so those are three really big hubs. So it's nice if you just kind of start there and join a co-working space. And sometimes if you're single, they have co-living spaces too, where it's a whole bunch of people doing the same kind of thing as you yeah. in your own room, in your own bathroom, but they will be like common areas. And it can be a great way to just get your feet wet. and just Yeah. Get and get to know time. people too. Right. Yeah. That's perfect. So any other advice for somebody who's a beginner and they think that maybe they want to, but they're like just afraid because it's, you know, brand new and something totally different. (laughs) Um, I would say do research, like definitely spend some time researching because you want to make sure you're going to go somewhere that has good Wi-Fi. So unfortunately these are developing nations or islands. And so the Wi-Fi goes out a lot. Um, sometimes you can mitigate that with um, a co-working space that has mm-hmm. generators or they have multiple different uh, Wi-Fi providers. So it's fine. Like we figured it out in Bali. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's some of the nuances that I was saying can really be help mitigated when you're in a hub because they'll teach you that. They'll be like, oh, you can't go to Philippines. They have no Wi-Fi there. Right. <laughs> you, know that? you would just show up and be like, yeah, I'm going to work for the Philippines. And you're like, just kidding. I have no Wi-Fi. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> so that, that's good. Um, also, I guess I, you learn to like, for you want to look for long-term housing and do slow travel. So when you're trying to work, like I'm not a tourist all week long. Yeah. <laughs> I, work, I work odd hours because I can. So it's like if all our friends want to get a girl's entrepreneur co-working lunch thing, then I just go. Right. It's super fun. But, um, you know, you still have stuff to do during the week. You're not a tourist all week. So we'll take weekends off or a long weekend or uh, sometimes a week and go and travel. But like, you still have stuff that you have to do. So right. <laughs> um, keeping that in mind, setting yourself a schedule and deciding to stay somewhere for longer can really help. So staying somewhere the max amount of time that a visa will allow you to will be very helpful because then you can really work and have a chance to explore on your off time. Um, and then in that, finding long-term accommodation is also way cheaper. Like we don't stay hardly ever in hotels unless it's in Asia and they're only $30 a night for like a four star. But, um, most of the time we'll actually like in Bali, we actually stay, they have like guest houses, um, or they'll have longer term accommodation. And the best way to find that is to find a local Facebook group for that area, or honestly, just like book something for the first like week or two. And then in some cities, you just have to kind of walk around and look Mm -hmm. at, it's old school. It's like old school. You have to imagine this isn't, these people aren't like on Craigslist and stuff. Right. <laughs> Look at flyers and ask people around and ask the community. But you can find significantly um, low cost and more affordable long-term apartment rentals. And you'll have your own kitchen and you'll have your own little area. Um, and that's the way that most of us do it. I think that's a myth that we're all just like with our backpack toting around. The right. <laughs> 
no way. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, not it. <laughs> we got stuff to do. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so that's going to be my other thing. And then the other last tip, which is still really important, is when you find that long-term accommodation, like let's say you're even going to go with an Airbnb or something on Facebook, ask them to take a picture of their Wi-Fi, how fast their Wi-Fi is, mm. and send that to you because that becomes – because that becomes a really big issue is um, that the that you'd be like, okay, cool, I found a place. And then the Wi-Fi is like three megabytes per Right. <laughs> so that's a, like a couple of little digital nomad hacks. Yeah. Um, long-term travel, picking places that have a lower cost of living so your money can go further. And it also allows you to have some space. So it's like, I had this crazy idea. And I remember posting in a Facebook group when I first started. I was like, here's a... Like, so if living in Thailand is this amount of money, I looked up cost of living. And right. Stuff, and I'm making this much only working part time. Does that mean I only have to work part time? And all the people there were like, yeah, why do you think we're all digital nomads? <laughs> That's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> so it allows you like, you don't necessarily have to take the time off if you don't want, but it will allow you to do those other things that you're passionate about, whether it's writing your book starting another business, mm -hmm. working on your VA work for clients, and then launching your course over here. Like it allows you to have that space. And that's what a lot of people here are doing. They're either just starting their digital nomad journey. Like they're like, I'm just learning coding and I'm going to get started. Or they're, I'm here because I want to have a low cost of living for a little while so that I can build this cool thing that I want. Mm -hmm. And also just imagine being in that kind of environment surrounded by those kind of people it's amazing. Like every day there's an entrepreneur talk at one of the co-working spaces or there'll be like three in one night and you can't choose. Wow. And every day there's a lunch to go to that where you can meet other people and do cool things. So you find those kinds of little pockets and you never want to leave basically. <laughs> That's amazing. That's so amazing. <laughs> so before we let you go, can you tell us about the free class that you'll be sharing with our audience? Yeah. So I have a free class called, um, uh, it's at 90dayva.com. And basically, if you're just getting started as a virtual assistant or you're having a hard time kind of niching yourself, finding clients and kind of getting to the next level, check that out because it goes over what a virtual assistant is and how you can best get started right away. That's amazing. And where else can we find you online? Yeah. So if you go to virtualassistantinternship.com, that's my website, all about all of our programs and all of our stuff. And then you can, I would love to chat with you guys on Instagram, shoot me a DM that you just listened to the podcast or what questions you have about traveling. Um, and that is Esther Inman or Esther underscore Inman easy. Um, and we post about our travels. I post about like business tips. I post, um, different just things that we're doing in Bali and around. So you can get an idea for what this lifestyle is like. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you for having me. And I look forward to connecting with everybody who's listening. <laughs> Are you a virtual assistant just starting out? Check out VAssist 101, my monthly 90-minute live training. You'll learn the first steps in how to build and launch a profitable virtual assistant business. I'll answer all of your most pressing questions like, what services should I offer? How much should I charge? And where do I find clients? Sign up for VAssist 101 and walk away with a plan of attack and the clarity to start your biz. Head to thelaunchguild.com forward slash VAssist 101 for more information. That's thelaunchguild.com forward slash VAssist 101.